0: On today's episode, we're going to be going through how to invest when you don't know how to invest. Simply, we're going to be talking to the emotions and the process we believe you should think about and go through when you start investing. I'm going to be talking about where to invest, how to invest, and what you need to think about before investing, most importantly. It's a really great episode for those of you who, as I said, don't know anything about investing, and it should give you a quick, easy to understand run through of how you can get started. As always, guys, we hope you get loads of value and enjoy this week's episode of the MoneyEd podcast. MoneyEd is an education platform for young adults who want to better understand personal finance and gain greater confidence in managing their money. Each week, we'll address the important topics within personal finance that really matter to you in an informative, yet yeah, easy to listen to approach. The best way to improve your personal finance is through education and we want to provide a place where you can learn outside of the classroom, office or lecture hall. So guys, welcome back to another episode of the Money Ed podcast, show number nine in the Exploring the World and Investing series. And it's great to be back. As you may have seen on the Instagram page, I took a bit of time off because I needed just to chill out a little bit. Everything was getting a bit... Um, a bit too intense so I just took a a couple weeks off or took one week off from releasing a show and yeah I feel really good really happy to be back and so much has gone on since I last released an episode you know we're going into another lockdown which is fucking shit but you know I'm not going to talk about that because I'd hate getting political on this we have seen markets react to the news. We have seen the markets react to increased uh, measures in Europe. And we've also seen the market react to greater uncertainty that is happening in around the US elections. So there's a lot going on and like always around these sorts of periods, there's also a lot of noise. There's a lot of stuff in the news and the media, which can also often be very, uh, obviously very difficult to ignore, but very misleading. So the one thing I would say, and I've spoken on the uh, Instagram page before is, you know if you're investing for the long-term as always, try to ignore these near-term market falls. Um, there's no doubt in the next week or two, we're gonna have even more falls because of the negative sentiment you know, in Outlook. But just stay relaxed. Don't make any um, emotional uh, decisions or don't make any rash decisions based on what you're reading in the news. Just stick with your investment strategy. Stick with your investments because, you know, we'll weather this storm and we will weather it together. So... As you guys heard in the episode, this week's show is all about how to invest when you don't know how to invest, and the show was kind of inspired by one of my mates getting in touch with me, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and basically asking, you know, what do I do? And I kind of thought, I haven't done a show where I run through, you know, the basic kind of concepts and things you need to think about when you start investing. So that's what this show is going to be about. It's simply just going to be you know, a run through of the things you need to think about before investing. And this show is great for any of you who don't really understand investing. Uh, but just because it hopefully will explain things a bit more and help you to understand, you know, the best places to look and the you know best things to think about when you're investing. So yeah, before we get started, as always, guys, last week's episode, or you know, the last episode, episode eight, was all about ETF investing and had a really great guest on David Barfoot from Rise ETFs, and we spent about just under an hour talking all about ETF investing, what it is, why it's so good, and also thematic investing, which is growing in popularity and something that I am, you know, really keen on. So if you guys enjoyed that, you can, or haven't listened to it, you can find a link to it in the show notes, as always. And finally, you know, all the links and you know social links to this week's show will be in the show notes below. So click those if you want to get in touch with us via email or on the Instagram page. But enough about that. Let's get straight into how to invest when you don't know how to invest. So the thing with investing and starting investing is it can be quite intimidating for a lot of people who don't really know or understand the investment universe because it is really really complicated to someone who you know doesn't have any understanding and so what I'm going to try and do is basically just go through a simple simple, easy to understand process that I think is really useful for you guys when you start thinking about investing or want to get into it you know Because you can do loads of reading and you can, you know, delve into quite a lot of detail online. But I think there you know, I just want to provide, you know, a quick, you know, 15 minute, 20 minute step process of what you need to do when you start investing. So one of the first things you obviously need to think about when you're investing is you first need to know how much you're going to invest. And. This, a lot of it comes down to understanding how much money you have left over at the end of each month or the start of each month after you've thought about all your outgoings and all the expenses you need to pay. And as I've spoken about in previous episodes and previous series before, you know, understanding your outgoings is really crucial for this exact reason. You know, you don't want to under budget and then not have any money left over the end of the month but you also don't want to over budget and leave money lying about so one thing i've spoken about before which is really good is called zero based budgeting and this is essentially when you assign all of your money to one to one thing so you may assign 50% of it to your bills and expenses. You may assign 40% of it to your, you know, everyday outgoings, your non-essential outgoings, you know, having fun, and then you might say assign 10% of it to saving and investing. That way, you know exactly where your money is going each month, um, and it's a really good way of budgeting, especially if you're prone to kind of leaving money left over at the end of the month, um, and. I know budgeting can sound quite boring sometimes and it's often a lot of people don't enjoy it for that reason but it can be a really useful tool. But you don't necessarily have to budget you know, intensely to know how much money you have left over at the end of the month or how much money you have to save and invest because one thing I do is I have a set amount of my salary that I will save and invest at the start of the month once payday comes in straight away. And you know, this is regardless of... Uh, my outgoing so I will always put this money aside and then after that I know how much money I have left over you know for going out for my everyday expenses for paying for food etc and that way you know that money leaves my account straight away I'm not tempted to spend it immediately so that's you know the first thing I would definitely say is understand exactly how much you have to invest and you know, decide whether you're going to invest a big lump sum, maybe you have like £500, £200 uh, lying around, or perhaps you want to, you know, invest periodically, so perhaps every week, maybe you want to invest £25 every week or £30 every week, you know, continuously. There are ways you can do that, and most um, investing platforms and websites allow you to either do, you know, you know, a large sum, a large deposit, or periodic, periodic monthly deposits. So, Work out which way you want to do that, and work out how much exactly you want to invest every week. And that's crucial, as I said, because if you don't know how much you're going to invest, you you've, you're essentially stuck at the starting point. You know, once you once you've determined this, you uh, you can then start moving forward and actually assigning that money. But before you assign that money, and before you start investing. Um, even if you know how much you're going to invest, I would also say that one of the most important things is to ensure that you have either an emergency fund or a rainy day fund, as people call it, uh, which is essentially um, it's essentially an amount of money you have that can cover all of your expenses or any kind of uh, extra payments you have to make within the month if uh, something happens you know perhaps if you you're, you lose your job and you need you need money for a month or two or you get burgled and you have to pay insurance or you know buy more 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 stuff whatever and however how you know the amount of money you have and the, the length of time the money can cover you depends on you know how comfortable you are so For example, if some people will say, you know, have about three to six months of expenses saved up, some people might only have one month, it can be depends on how quickly you think you would be able to kind of return to normality if something did change. Um, but it's completely down to you. Some people will not have an emergency fund at all. And that's absolutely fine. Um, but I think, you know, at the moment, you know, with what's going on with COVID, etc, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of economic uncertainty at the moment. So having an emergency fund just really provides you with that reassurance that, you know, if something does go wrong, you have cover. And also, it's a cost free cover. Because, you you know, you could use credit, you know, I have a credit card, you could use overdrafts to help you pay off some of those expenses. But not all credit cards and overdrafts are interest free. And you know, I've spoken so much before about how important it is paying off your debts. Um, you also want to avoid getting into debt as much as possible. So having a emergency fund, as I said, just gives you that reassurance that you have money to cover you if something goes wrong. And it's different to your savings, because your savings you are using for a long, you know, something further down the line, uh, say for a house deposit or for a new car, your emergency fund should be a completely separate pot that you only really touch when something goes wrong. Um, And as I said, it just provides reassurance, it gives you, you know, the ability to, if you, let's say if you're in a toxic job and you want to leave, if you have enough money to cover yourself for a couple of months then you have the ability to leave that job and better yourself and there are loads and loads of benefits to having an emergency fund and i've spoken before on the show about emergency funds but also on the instagram page i've shared some really useful uh, tips and ways you can you know create an emergency fund and utilize it really well so i will obviously link those in the description as usual and you can check out my instagram page uh to find out a bit more about that but you know, I personally only have one month of salary, uh, or one month of expenses saved up. You know, I currently living at home, so I don't have to cover my rent, uh, which is obviously really great because it means uh, my expenses aren't so great. But I have enough to cover me if I was to start my job. Um, but also, you know, I'm you know I'm comfortable with with the thought that actually I don't think I'm going to lose my job anytime soon, and I would feel comfortable enough that I could get a job relatively quickly. And you know you, you know some people might say that's a bit arrogant or a bit kind of uh, naive because of the jobs market at the moment but yeah that's just my personal view that's how i feel and i'm confident uh keeping it at that amount um i think as i grow up and as i have more expenses and perhaps more dependents, for example i would definitely have an emergency fund that and i would make it bigger to cover to cover more months uh, but for now you know i'm comfortable at the moment and look the fact that we're about to go into another lockdown Uh, basically means my expenses are going to be even less. So hopefully I'm going to be able to save more and I can maybe build up my emergency fund that much more. So that is, you know, those are the kind of financial things you have to think about before you start investing is how much am I going to invest and do I have an emergency fund or do I want an emergency fund to cover me in case something goes wrong? Because one of the most important parts about investing money and saving that money is that you really don't want to have to withdraw the money you have invested because obviously that will diminish the amount of return you make you know if you if you're investing say 500 pounds and then you have to withdraw half of that because you know you have to pay for something you, your returns are obviously going to be less and the the amount you invested is going to gross at a slower rate so that's why you know an emergency fund is is very beneficial the next thing you need to think about, I I believe, is uh, how much risk you're willing to take on. And risk is a big part of investing. And I've spoken loads. I mean, I've done a whole show on, on risk. I'll, I'll I'll share that in the in the show notes below, and you can check it out on the channel. Uh, but risk is um, one of the most important parts of investing for me because it can, it determines what you invest in. You know, the types of investments you make, the assets you buy, that sort of thing. Um, and and that's, that's a, the biggest part of investing, I think, for a lot of people is not, not really knowing what to invest in. But if you understand your risk, you will, you will know kind of to some extent or you'll narrow down what assets you invest in. And simply the best way for us as retail investors to reduce our risk is by diversifying. And so what does diversify mean? Well, diversification is essentially the uh, ability to invest in a wide number of investments across all sorts of asset classes and across all sorts of sectors and sizes. So, you know, if you invest in one company, you're obviously all your risk is to all your money is invested in that company. So if it fails, you know, if it if it goes into administration or liquidates or it goes bankrupt, all your money will more or less be lost. There's much less chance of that happening to, say, 20 companies or 100 companies. You know, there's much less chance of 100 companies or Going bankrupt at the same time. So the chances are your money is much more, uh, much more safer, much more protected if you're investing in a wide number of companies. But then within that uh, kind of thought process, there's also, you know, you've also got more risk if you're investing in a smaller company than you do, say, if you're investing in a large company like uh, Google or uh, Amazon or you know, BP, you know, because these 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 big companies are well-established, they have a lot of money behind them. So there's a lot less chance of them, you know, failing and going bankrupt than there is, you know, a much smaller company. And so that's the best way to lower your risk is by di- diversifying. And you can invest in different companies you know of and heard of and like. For example, as I said, I've mentioned, you know, some really popular ones like Amazon, Google, uh, BP, although I wouldn't invest in BP at the moment, but, you know, that's another story. You know, you can either invest in lots of big companies, you can invest in funds where a professional manager chooses which companies to invest in. So you just put your money in the fund and the professional investment manager does all the work for you. Or you can invest in a passive fund, for example, a fund that tracks the FTSE 100 index. Um, This way you get exposure to, you know, the largest 100 UK companies. And that way your risk is reduced, you know, as I said before. The likelihood of 100 UK companies, the biggest 100 UK companies failing all at once is very low. So your risk is uh, much lower in that respect. But the one thing that you need to understand about risk is that with less risk comes less returns. So, and vice versa, if you're willing to take on more risk, you are likely to get a higher return. But again, if you take on more risk, your investments are also likely to be a lot more volatile. So which that basically means... You know, when I talk about volatility, it basically means the uh, price, the movement of a company's share price. So, you know, a a tech company is much more likely to have share price movements than a, a consumer discretionary company. So if you compare Tesla to Unilever, you know, two very large companies, two well-established global companies. If you look at the share price movement of Tesla compared to Unilever, it's much more volatile. There's much more kind of movement up and down. So in one day, you may have a 5% gain in Tesla, but then you also may have a 5% loss. So it's important to understand this before committing money. And this brings us on To another uh, important part of risk which is understanding your capacity for loss you know how comfortable are you with you know five percent losses ten percent losses and how much how great a loss would you be comfortable taking you know let's say if you invested a hundred pounds would you be happy if the next day you saw your you saw that uh, value of money fall by 30 pounds you know by 30% You know, that happened in March and April when the financial markets fell 30%. You know, people lost a a large chunk of money. You know, would you be comfortable and would you be able and happy to lose that amount of money? And that is essentially your capacity for loss. Um, And it's important to understand that because let's say markets do take a turn for the worse and they fall, you know, 10 or 20%. While twenty pounds doesn't seem a lot, it might be quite tough to take and quite tough to look at, and you might be tempted to say, uh, "You know what? I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want that to happen. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna uh, divest it all." That is not a good thing to do, and that would show that the investments you are investing in are maybe too risky for you, and that also show that maybe you're more risk averse, so you don't like taking on risk. And as I said, risk is one of the most important things to think about when investing because it basically influences what you invest in and, you know, how much you want to invest, etc. So if you want to understand more about risk, go back in through the series and check out our episode on risk where we, you know, I think I spent 30, 40 minutes talking about it because it is really important. So the next thing to think about is where to invest. So there are a number of platforms and websites to invest in. So it's really down to what you prefer. You know, I would go for the ones that you know have less charge, you know, lower charges, or are, you know, commission-free, have lots of availability, and also have lots of accessibility. So you may have heard of uh, things like Trading 212, Free Trade, eToro. All these, all these apps and websites are essentially cost-free. So you don't pay any charge. You don't pay any charges on when you buy and invest. Compared to you know some of the older more traditional websites like Hargreaves Lansdowne, uh, Vanguard, um, Halifax Investing etc., they will usually charge you an amount of a fee to invest in. Um, but one thing to know is, and it's not you know it's not crucial to understand, but the way these apps and you know especially these more um, Uh, mobile friendly investing platforms make money is the difference between the buying price and the selling price and they will make that greater which means you'll essentially lose a bit in in that price in between that price but I don't think that's crucial to understand and I think the main the main thing you need to focus on is you know the ease of accessibility you know which one lets you see your money quickly Uh, which one is, which do you enjoy using? Because essentially you're getting the same service out of all of them. You're you're investing your money, but you want it to be low cost because let's say you invest £100 and you have to pay £5 to invest that money. That immediately means you're already at a 5% loss. So you already have to make 5% just to get back to your £100, which Again, five percent may not seem like a lot, but it, it will take time. You know, av- markets averagely increase seven or eight percent every year, so it would take about on average, you know, five percent increase to re- get back to that. So, I would definitely suggest having a look at some of the different websites. You know, I've mentioned today on the show, and just you know, do a bit of research uh, behind what you're what you're thinking about. So, but that's another thing. That's what I think. One of the An important thing to think about is you know where you're investing and where you want to put your money. Alongside where you physically invest your money and the sort of platforms you use there is also uh, the accounts you invest with. So there are essentially two uh, common ways you can invest your money. You can invest through a general investment account which simply allows you to deposit money and buy and sell investments and these are you know standard accounts with all the different investing platforms. But you can also invest through an ISA, a stocks and shares ISA, which allows you to buy and sell investments, but is protected through the ISA tax wrapper. And again, I've done a whole episode on ISAs before, but in short, You know, an individual savings account or an ISA is a tax wrapper that essentially lets you save up to 20,000 pounds every tax year, tax free. And there are four main ISAs you can get. So you can get a cash ISA, a stocks and shares ISA, a lifetime ISA, and an an innovative finance (laughs) ISA. I can can never pronounce that properly. Um, And you can actually invest your money in a stocks and shares ISA, and also you can invest in a lifetime ISA. You can get a lifetime stocks and shares ISA, but the main focus for this episode will be on the basic stocks and shares ISA because I think that's one of the most uh easy to access and understand um accounts out there. So it essentially lets you deposit up to 20,000 pounds every year tax-free and you won't be charged income tax, tax on the interest or capital gains tax so when you sell an asset and make a profit. The difference between a regular cash ISA and a stocks and shares ISA is that you can invest the money you deposit into your account. So but if you invested in just a general investment account you don't get those tax benefits and i know what you guys are thinking you know i'm not going to be saving 20,000 pounds every year and i personally don't either you know i'm not i <laughs> hopefully will be able to make that uh, one day but it's really good to understand exactly what the isa tax wrapper brings you and the benefits it can bring you uh, because as you progress in life um, you know you you will you will kind of reap the benefits of of using these tax wrappers but I think, kind of, for now, I think opening a tax-efficient wrapper, a tax-efficient investment account through a stocks and shares ISA is really important because you know it will just help you in the long run, and it helps you to understand those. So, again, I've I've shared a link to, to which better explains stocks and shares ISAs and ISAs in general if you want to explore them a little bit more. So once we've considered all these things, the final part is to actually decide what we invest in. And this is usually the more exciting part because this is where you actually get to use your money to invest in different assets. And essentially you can invest in anything and more or less everything you want. You know, there's so much availability out there. Uh, You can invest all your money in one company. You could split it across a number of companies you think will do well. You can invest into a fund where a fund manager invests the money, as I said. You can invest in a fund that tracks an index like the FTSE 100 or the S&P 500. The list really is endless. I would definitely say do your own research and I'm not gonna talk to you guys about which places to invest because that is completely down to you. Well, the one thing I would say when you're looking and doing a bit of research is to just question everything you read. You know, if you read an article that is telling you to invest in something, question it. You know, why are they suggesting this? What are other people saying about these sorts of investments? You know, does the writer have a vested interest in this asset, in this investment? I would honestly say never take anything you read on the internet about investments as the whole truth because there is always another side to it. What I would say about investing as young investors, though, is that because we are young and we have a longer time horizon and we're not investing, you know, particularly large sums of money, I think we are able, and this is my personal view, this is my personal opinion, I, and this is what I do, I feel comfortable investing my money in slightly riskier assets, not diversifying as much because I know that I'm going to be you know, this money is going to be set aside for a long period of time. So there will be times when it goes down, like this year, where we've seen, you know, some serious falls in the financial markets. But over the long term, you know, you know, economies always grow, we're in a period where technology is developing at an incredibly fast rate. And there's going to be much more kind of innovation and, you know, global growth. So I think putting your money in slightly more riskier assets to achieve that growth, is what i what i'm doing at the moment of course if you don't want to take on as much risk you wouldn't do that and you would you know perhaps look to investing in different assets but currently i am invested so solely in equities across all sizes um across different sectors um and yeah that's what i'm doing and but what i would say is don't take that as at face value you know again like, literally question why i do it and i'm always questioning You know, why i why am i invested in these companies? in these funds and always kind of reaffirming myself but and there's a big but here because if you don't understand anything about investing and you're new to it the best thing I would say is invest in assets that are diverse in nature that give you exposure to a lot of different companies different specific assets and you know really diversify yourself and diversify your risk so you're not going to get you know exceptional you're not going to get 10 20% returns but you if you're investing your money that's not what you're looking for you're just looking to grow your wealth you know and, and the capital you've invested over time so really common places to invest when you don't really understand investing or you need to it are in funds that track uh In indexes, So, for example, a fund that tracks the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in America. The reason this is popular is because you are getting exposure to 500 companies in the U.S. And, you know, obviously the U.S. is a really popular place to invest because it's, you know, the largest, one of the largest economies in the world. I think it might be the largest. It might be second now. I'm not sure. But it's, it's a very large economy, so you're getting exposure to all these companies that are going to grow over time. And you also don't have to do much research. You simply just put the money in that fund and then it does all the work for you because you're essentially just investing in the market and the market will go up. You might get less returns because you're exposed to a, a wide number of companies. So you get exposure to mining companies, you get exposure to tech companies, you get exposure to retail companies. And some of those companies do well some of them do not so you get kind of a quite a balanced mix and that's why that's why they're so good though because you get the average performance of all the companies of essentially of the American market over time you could do that the same for the FTSE 100 which is the 100 largest US UK companies you could do it for You know, another, you could do it for an Asian index, which tracks Asian companies. As I said, the list of investments is endless, but you personally have to decide what you want to invest in. I can't tell you. I can suggest certain things, I can tell you what I invest in and give you sort of ideas, but at the end of the day, it's down to what you want to invest in. So that is essentially it. That is, you know, my quick take on investing when you don't know what to invest in, the things you have to think about. So you start with how much you're going to invest. Do I have or do I want an emergency fund to help uh, protect me if things go wrong? How much risk am I willing to take on? Where do I invest as in which platforms do I use? Which accounts should I invest in? And finally, which investments, which assets, assets? (laughs) Assets shall I invest in? And that's it. That is the quick rundown. And I kind of went a bit over my 20-minute limit, but I wanted to explain some of those concepts a bit more. Um, and that is it for this week's episode as well. I know it's kind of short, and I have to admit I have been doing, you know, my my full-time job has been taking up a bit of my time. But again, taking this time off does give me a bit of time to relax. So if you guys can bear with me that's really great but I've got a really good lineup of shows coming in the next few weeks I've got a brilliant guest coming on next week my friend H who was on my last series and we're basically going to talk about investing in your 20s and the sorts of things we do as you know as guys who enjoy investing and have a big interest in it this episode next week's episode will be really relevant for you if you don't really understand investing because it's always good I always think it's really good to hear other people's ideas and what they're thinking about um but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. You know, if you have any questions or if you want to talk to me further, do get in touch. Um, I've been helping a few of my friends out now with you know getting started with investing, and I'm you know I'm confident that I could help you guys out as well. And actually, it might be something that you know MoneyEd, uh, you know, I developed going forward as you know supporting my friends, kind of my, my kind of community with you know personal finance, getting into investing, that sort of thing. So perhaps stay tuned for that one. Anyway, guys, have a great week. I'll chat to you next week. And as always, keep spending, keep saving, keep investing and keep doing what you're doing. Cheers.